bringing products here into the United States and, uh, and abroad, and they're benefiting from it. Uh, the other um, uh, countries are aware. Uh, you, you better believe that the uh, the African is aware that his natural resources are being taken and, and, and given to the West. Uh, and, and, and they're not benefiting from it. So, yes, we must get into the schools and help the kids. Uh, we're going to take a, a short break, and uh, we're going to pick up on some of those issues, especially on education. But keep it tuned. You are tuned to the Sunday Forum. We are talking with with Yassine Akil, and taking your telephone calls and your emails, and we're taking it right to the airways. So keep it tuned. This, Updates from National Public Radio News is coming your way next, and we'll be right back for another hour of the Sunday Forum. Keep it tuned to WMNF Tampa. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held. In Morocco, families have spent a second night sleeping outdoors. Aftershocks have been rattling homes and nerves following Friday's devastating 6.8 magnitude earthquake. More than 2,000 people are dead. NPR's Lauren Freyer reports from Marrakesh, about 45 miles from the epicenter. Rescuers say the next 24 to 48 hours will be critical for pulling any survivors from wrecked buildings. Aid workers are pouring into this city and traumatized tourists are pouring out. Seda Marikan was at an outdoor cafe when the quake struck Friday night. It was horrible, like, just we felt very really strong. At the, at the beginning, we didn't understand for like one, two seconds what's going on, but then it hit quite hard. She and her husband survived but are particularly shaken. We're from Turkey, so we lived some serious earthquakes in the past. But, well, we we're, we're some, have some traumas as well. She spoke to NPR at an airport terminal where she'd camped out for 24 hours trying to catch a flight home. Lauren Freyer, NPR News, Marrakesh. President Biden is in Hanoi, where he announced that the U.S. and Vietnam are deepening cooperation on emerging technologies, critical supply chains, and semiconductors. It's the second and last leg of an Asia trip aimed at projecting unity and growing friendships to one audience in particular, China. Biden spoke a short time ago telling Vietnam's leadership that the two nations have the chance to shape the Indo-Pacific for decades to come. The decisions we make in the next three, four, five years. We're going to set the course for the world for the next 25 years. The U.S. and Vietnam were one-time enemies, but Biden says they are now strengthening their partnership on climate and human rights. Vietnam is a one-party communist state that has been criticized for its human rights record. The impeachment trial of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is set to resume tomorrow. Houston Public Media's Andrew Schneider reports it's threatening to end the career of a state official who has been lauded by Republicans from all over the country. Former Texas Ranger David Maxwell was head of law enforcement in the Texas Attorney General's office when Ken Paxton pressured him to investigate federal authorities over an FBI search of real estate investor Nate Paul's home and businesses. Maxwell warned Paxton. If he didn't get away from this individual and stop doing what he was doing, he was going to get himself indicted. Paxton gained national attention for mounting numerous lawsuits against the Obama and Biden administrations. He also led a failed effort on behalf of then-President Trump to challenge the results of the 2020 election. The suspended attorney general is facing 20 impeachment articles, including allegations of bribery and abuse of power. I'm Andrew Schneider in Houston. This is NPR News. In tennis, Daniil Medvedev of Russia is facing Novak Djokovic of Serbia today for the men's singles championship at the U.S. Open. It's a rematch of the final they played in New York two years ago that Medvedev won. And Coco Goff is the first American teenager to win the tournament since Serena Williams in 1999. 19-year-old Goff defeated Arena Sabalenka of Belarus yesterday for the women's title. Because of the war in Ukraine, the U.S. Open requires Russian and Belarusian players to compete under a neutral flag. Alabama lost to the Texas Longhorns last night. Pat Duggins of Alabama Public Radio says both head coaches say the 34-24 victory for Texas is far from the season's last word. 
Alabama head coach Nick Saban says the blame for the Crimson Tide's loss starts with him, but he also pointed to 10 penalties by his players, two of which erased touchdowns. Saban also credited Texas with scoring 10 points following turnovers where Alabama lost the ball. He says what happens going forward this season depends on what his team does. You know, you can throw in the towel and quit and be mediocre, or you can fight and grind and do the hard things that you need to do to be successful. This is Alabama's first home game loss since 2019. It's also the first time a non-conference team defeated the Tide since 2007. For NPR News, I'm Pat Duggins in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The winningest coach in the history of Major League Soccer has stepped down after an investigation into complaints he made insensitive and inappropriate remarks. Bruce Arena resigned as head coach of the New England Revolution last night. I'm Amy Held in Washington, and this is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Wallace Foundation, working to develop and share practices that can improve learning and enrichment for young people and the vitality of the arts for everyone. Ideas and information at wallacefoundation.org. This is Miss Julie, volunteer and outreach coordinator. Our week-long fall membership drive begins at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, October 4th and goes through 9 a.m. October 11th. We're seeking volunteers to take pledge calls and food donors to feed those hungry and grateful volunteers. Restaurants, caterers, or chefs can find out about donating drinks, snacks, or full meals by calling me at 813-238-8001 or email miss. J-U-L-I-E at W-M-N-F dot O-R-G. I can also help get you registered to volunteer. Just be in touch. Thanks. Now you don't have to wait till 9 a.m. to hear Democracy Now! You can hear it every morning at 8 a.m. on our HD3 channel, The Source. You can hear it online at W-M-N-F dot org slash listen. That's Democracy Now! weekday mornings at 8 a.m. on WMNF's The Source and 9 a.m. on our main channel. And it's replayed on The Source at 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. Hi, I'm Sean, and I hope you tune into my interview show called Tuesday Cafe every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 WMNF. I interview environmentalists, politicians, social justice activists, academics, and other experts about topics that impact you right here in the Tampa Bay area. I focus on issues that are important locally and across the whole state of Florida. The show is called Tuesday Cafe with Sean Canan. It's every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 FM, WMNF Tampa, and on WMNF.org. talking to us about global issues, African issues, how are we going to navigate the future as we move forward and uh, reverse the powerlessness, empower ourselves, empower the continent. 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to join this discussion. And uh, you can also write us, DJ at WMNF.org. As seen, we have been talking about the global situation and uh, the group of 20 countries, the G20, uh, has just uh, met in the African Union, has been uh, included, has joined the G20 as a, as a block, a powerful block, and uh, will be able to do a lot as the president, current president, of the G20 and of India, Namendra Modi has said that the global South will be empowered as a, as a result of what has been going on. But what we're seeing is that a lot of history, uh, a lot of the global powers are repeating history. Uh, we are seeing 
new organizations, uh, these new diplomatic moves on the part of the United States, in this case, turning to Vietnam as, you know, an old ally. Well, an old, uh, we had a war in Vietnam. They call it the American War. We call it the Vietnam War. But here, all these years later, uh, the United States is turning to Vietnam, I guess, to counter China. And Russia is turning to its old ally, North Korea, to resupply its war weaponry for Ukraine. Uh, we see the global powers acting in old ways. Uh, but we also see new empowerment on the part of Africa. So in your travels, uh, you have seen on the ground things change. And uh, hopefully we will open our eyes here in the United States as to what the power is here. You've heard a caller say that we are not African-American, but we definitely have put in work in these shores. And uh, we've not seen uh, the reparations. We've not seen the empowerment here or on the continent of Africa. And so hopefully... uh, with our efforts today and with your efforts that you have been engaging in and the ideas that you have brought to us this morning in terms of how to do business um, in Africa and how to empower Africa and ourselves is what's on tap this morning. We got phone calls waiting for you to talk to more about these subject matters. And so we're going to go straight away back to the telephone lines. Caller, are you still there? Are you still waiting to talk to us? This year, 813-239-9663 is another call I thought I had someone on the line, uh, but I guess not. We're going to go to another call, 813-239-9663. Caller, we're talking to Yasina Q here on the Sunday Forum. You say what? Hey, first of all, it's good to hear someone sounding hopeful and positive. I myself am kind of in the other direction of pessimistic but not having given up so thank you for your tone my friend and i will say that uh, this issue of how to make coalitions of good people and fight back against the gathering gloom of the worldwide mean people coalition the bad people coalition that includes uh, Trumpy and all the MAGAs, as well as Putin, Orban, Bolsonaro, etc. And they've all kind of united in an angry group of violent bullies. And how does how do people who are not angry and violent or bullies fight back against organized violent bullies? That's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when Walter explain the many uh, issues involving Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, nonviolence versus violence. What is violence when you're being attacked? Is it violence when it's self-defense? The other thing I will leave you with, and I don't know if you already discussed this uh, in the first hour, but a typical alpha male representative of the violent bad people is Governor DeSantis. Look at his interpersonal reaction. When a black man had the, had the courage, the audacity, to say to his face that his racist, anti-woke, mean persona was partially to blame for the racist murders in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And did you see how DeSantis treated that citizen of Florida? Oh, yeah, he cut him off. He didn't want him to talk. He told him he rejected that <laughs> that argument, and uh, he really didn't engage him at all. Yeah, it, it, you know, I would go even further and say that he attacked the questioner. He said, he basically said, you're full of, you know, crap. Mm. I won't accept the blame for anything. And he looked extremely angry. Like, this is the kind of guy that scares me in Florida, that when they cut you off in traffic, if you even look at them wrong, they're out of their car with a gun. 
So I think it would be great for us to have an ongoing discussion since it seems like every week we are thinking, how do you confront evil without becoming evil? Um, when does pacifism and turning the other cheek um, get you basically crucified and you know, or hanging from a tree? And what can we do? Because if the bad people who are, who are a minority of the population, but bad people, if they're willing to break all the rules like Trump does, and if they're willing to be mean, bullying, and violent, then they can have a lot of control, even though they're a small percentage of the population, and that's what happened with Hitler in Germany. So I'd love to have some positive solutions. I myself, as I've said before on this show, I go around scared, and I don't say anything to anybody, even though I'm an old white man, because they'll shoot me too. So, I, I mean, I'm not trying to, I don't think this is pessimistic. My experiences no. in Florida in the last five years as an old white man make me think, thinking if, if I was black, I'd be dead. Mm -hmm. And you cannot, I don't know how you can speak up. Look at what happened to the prosecutor in Orlando. Powerful people, whether they're black or white or whatever, who are on the side of good. How can you resist without being harmed yourself, these evil people like DeSantis. Well, I mean, he he uh, he got mad immediately, which is yeah. a sign of disempowerment. He's not in, he he doesn't know how to respond to something like that, um, and doesn't want to take responsibility for his violent language and his violent policies. So the best thing to do is to get mad and try to deflect and ignore, and that showed. Uh, a side, that showed a, a degree of powerlessness on his part. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking that, too, that it shows you that he is internally feeling like as soon as he goes to anger and attacking, that anybody who had any kind of conscience and self-reflection would be, you know, first of all, you're a citizen of the state of Florida, and I'm here to represent you, and I am so sorry that you feel that my policies and personality have contributed to the terrible violence. He doesn't even know how to be a politician, this guy. <laughs> he, he, and you're right, he is controlled by his anger. Remember, at Guantanamo, he was a military lawyer who facilitated the torture of detainees and laughed at them when they complained. He's a sick person, and there's too many of them in the Republican Party, and they're heroes to too many MAGAs. And that's what scares me about Florida is that we're turning into like a third-world country of MAGAs, and they're being empowered. And the good people, like the prosecutor in Orlando and in Tampa, they're being fired. So I hope we can all figure it out because this is the you know this is like Lord of the Rings. It's like the Bible. You know, when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, forgive 70 times 7. But after a certain point, as Malcolm X said, how many cheeks you got? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, I, I think those are, that's a very important point. But I, I also think that, you know, if you don't have an answer to a problem, then you've already started to lose. And, I, I, you know, I've seen this is a question also for you. You have somebody like a DeSantis, if he which I doubt he gets in office because I don't think any of this stuff passes the muster of of a, of a general election, especially when you start talking about the abortion issue. Uh, the rest of the Republican Party's lost out in the midterms, but while Florida looked like it went the other way, uh, they didn't deal with any issues, and they didn't deal with the abortion issue in the midterm elections here in Florida, but now it's got to deal with it in terms of privacy, and, and uh, that raises a whole lot of other issues in terms of of how women are being treated in terms of how uh, sexual minorities are being treated, how African-Americans are being treated, how everybody's being treated in a state that cla that claims itself to be welcoming. Uh, we have this kind of, uh, of, of presence in the state where it seems that fascists are allowed, but I don't think they're representative of anybody. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like I said earlier, these MAGAs are the minority of the population of the United States, but look how much trouble they're causing. 
And as far as DeSantis, he'll be in here as our governor until 2026. And, you know, he's already, just today I read the report that uh, Florida's universities, any professor who has a conscience and a brain is quitting. He's ruining everything here. And while he's yakking about abortion and woke and this and that, the Gulf of Mexico is dying. The beaches just washed away again with a little tiny hurricane that didn't get anywhere near Pinellas County. And this guy, all he can talk about is his anti-black, anti-woke, anti-Disney, look at me, I'm a Christian, his wife, I'm a Christian. You know, also, there's a bunch of scandals surrounding him and his wife and their foundations, their fundraising. Uh, I can't keep up with all the scandals. I think we've Uh, oversaturated. The whole country is oversaturated with Ron DeSantis and uh, and his wife. So I just just don't think that they are going to be as potent of an issue. They might they might gather the MAGAs, but I don't think that they are powerful enough. And you're right, they could do a whole lot of damage. And that's what I wanted to ask Yasin Akil about because, you know, and thank you for your call. But thank you. We, we've seen what, uh, what one MAGA can do, and that is you can reverse all of the global arrangements in terms of, of progress. Uh, the, uh, and, and you have no response to it when you get in trouble. Uh, Trump really messed up a lot of the global arrangements. And then when when COVID hit, he had no response, no no answer. Uh, he doesn't have any answer for, didn't have any answer for the economic situation. And, and similarly, we have a state governor that hasn't responded to the insurance crisis, hasn't responded to the economic crisis in the state uh, the, the, and that's, I think the distraction is let's keep talking about the culture war issues. We've seen that on the global stage as well. Uh, but what, you know, this caller thinks that, that this governor could do a lot of damage as president in reversing a lot of the global initiatives that have taken place. And have, we've seen the last president, uh, call African countries as whole countries. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if this governor has some similar views and would do everything he can to to reverse a lot of the progress that has been made and, and maybe even some of the outreach that we as a diaspora, maybe this diaspora here in the state, the African diaspora here, uh, try to do any outreach uh, could be viewed as as too woke or you know, is racist in and of itself because you're 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 just talking about reaching out to Africans uh, or it could be an anti-immigrant sentiment that we don't want any Africans or any more immigrants here in this state. So uh, it seems like there is an attempt to double down on fascism and racism in this country. The question that I have for you is, do we recognize it yeah, when there, it's happening? Yeah, there there is definitely a global oppression and that global oppression has local representation. You know, we here in every little city here in the United States is being faced with uh, issues that are, are dividing the people. And uh, the power is in the unification. You know, the brother, the, the person just mentioned, you know, good people facing bad people. Well, power is supposed to be in the hands of the people. Uh, and, and if the people don't have the power then we need to reorganize and we need to establish, you know, grassroots movements to bring on the, the proper change. Because the leaders that are, we have here in America are only there for a term and a, and a period. Uh, but we the people are here and we got to be very mindful of who we put in office. And we cannot have the mindset that, oh, I'm a Republican or oh, I'm a Democrat. Uh, you are a citizen and have an open mind and don't uh, allow politics to divide an already uh, uh, you know, divisive uh, uh, society. Um, we have to come together and to make the proper change. And those people of like mind who share in some of the same uh, principles uh, must come together, organize themselves and, and um, have to uh, counter 
this aggressive uh, oppression that is uh, that's knocking on our doorsteps. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three is the number to call. Uh, are we doing a good job at recognizing oppression? Uh, and as I said in the African con- uh, context, uh, Russia has gone there uh, and supported the overthrow of democratically elected governor- governments. Um, we've also seen them look for uh, mineral deals, mining deals in the process. And it just reminds me of the East India African country as during the time uh, before slavery or during the time of slavery, early days of slavery, uh, when the East India Company was a private concern working in the interest of a government. And I don't see the Wagner group or mercenary groups on the continent of Africa uh, looking for concessions, mineral concessions of their own as being any different. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. Uh, do we recognize fascism as it is happening? Go ahead, caller. You're on the telephone with Yasin Akil here on the Sunday Forum. You say what? Good morning. Uh, Chris Steiner here. Uh, talking about bricks in Africa, um, you know, it's just uh, begun last month. And uh, that'll lead to the BRICS digital currency, which uh, is terrifying because if a currency isn't in your own possession, then it doesn't really belong to you. And uh, crypto, like uh, the digital currency of BRICS, and of course the Fed, Fed now is introducing, Federal Reserve is introducing their own central bank digital currency, which is equally as terrifying. Um, but, uh, you know, because human productivity is limited only by time, resources, and innovation, these are cryptocurrencies that are of limited supply, like Bitcoin is limited to $21 million, so it's not sustainable. <clears throat> you can't limit human productivity based on a commodity or even a basket of commodities because, as I said, human productivity is limited only by time, resources, and innovation. And um, and there's a good uh, talk by Pastor Sheldon Emery, The Utter Impossibility of Gold-Backed Currency, that I encourage uh, gold bugs to, to talk about or to, to check out. Um, you know, it's also the central bank digital currency would also mean a social credit score, so if you speak out against government policies, then you may not be allowed to buy or uh, anything or not allowed to buy certain items based on government policies. Um, so Africa is getting rid of the colonizers' currency, but how about the new BRICS currency? I think that uh, because Russia and China, communist Russia and China, have been set up by the United States, you know, including military, you know, military transfers under the Bush and Clinton. Uh, high-tech transfers, uh, Laurel and Hughes ballistic missile technology, for instance, um, and going back to Chiang Kai-shek uh, you know, being uh, given rifles without the bolts in them so then uh, communist China could take over. Hmm. Um, they're just another side of the same coin. And I do uh, compliment Africa for being uh, the country with the lowest rate of COVID. I suspect it's because they have the lowest uptake of COVID shots. But I'm also in the lowest death rate from COVID as well. But I'm concerned also that Zimbabwe has entered into an agreement with Moderna to set up a plant there and supposedly to prevent shortages. Although um, last year Moderna reported they had to throw out 30 million of their doses because they couldn't find countries to take them. So uh, I just, as always, encourage folks to go for local solution, community currency, time banks, barter networks, cooperatives and swap shops, and that's how you can fight the mark of the beast. All right, thank you for your call. Uh, wow. What do you think about cryptocurrency? I mean, we know that that's, on, that that's some new jack currency, but uh, the idea that some there's at least one presidential candidate on the Republican side who has introduced the idea of using crypto, and uh, a lot of people have rejected that, and uh, the idea that, of course, also the idea of the BRICS, and the fact that they want, there's a stated goal, at least on the part of Russia, to replace the U.S. dollar as the reserve, the global reserve currency, even though India, South Africa, and China are not necessarily on board with all of that right now. Uh, but the idea is to for BRICS countries to use their local currencies, but with so many political divisions <laughs> within BRICS, 
that I don't even see how that would really work. Mm, yes, uh, the 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 BRICS is a, a could be a, a competitor to the dollar. Uh, uh, there are a lot of nations now that are joining forces and, and would like to be a part of the, the, the BRIC nations. And, um, you know, before previously, uh, trade was being done in the dollar. Uh, so if a country needed a particular commodity from another uh, country, they would uh, use dollars and, and to um, uh, facilitate that, that trade. Uh, now to use their local currencies is, is could be very, very beneficial uh, for uh, those nations in trade, but it would definitely uh, hurt the U.S. economy, and we will feel the effects of that because one of our products that we, that we outsource is the dollar, and it's been very beneficial. I mean, maybe not to, the, to us as a whole, but it's been very beneficial to the powers to be because they're able just to continuously, you know, print the dollar, um, which creates, uh, you know, uh, you know, inflation um, by the increase of printing, printing the dollar. Um, but uh, when the caller had mentioned the cryptocurrency, this could be if central banks accept this uh, as a new form of, 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 of currency for the populace, uh, it will we will lose some control. We will lose a lot of control of our of, of, of our spending, um, of our savings, um, and give them more control over our lives. Uh, now, how would they get this system implemented? Uh, a lot of times it is implemented um, based on convenience. <laughs> we would, uh, the, 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 they would create a system and have us request and have us ask for it and it could be a, a system that could be so oppressive, um, but they will wrap it up in a very nice marketing package and give it to us, and and say it's going to you know improve our lives and give us convenience, and 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 we don't have to uh, you know carry money or we don't have to do this. That could be a very dangerous situation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a very dangerous situation for us. So uh, I'm I'm completely uh, against. Uh, central banks going into the uh, the direction of uh, uh, implementing uh, cryptocurrencies, right? Especially, it's what I understand. The cryptocurrencies is is the only way to really corro- uh, corroborate a, a transaction is online. It's completely a currency that's completely online. It's digital, correct? Which correct. is crazy correct. for a central bank to go that route. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. You've also been writing. You can write me at DJ at WNF. Dot O-R-G. Um, there's a there's somebody is sending messages like one liner <laughs> at a time. It's like, OK, well, thank you for those messages, though. It makes it looks like I'm really busy here. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three is the number to call. Uh, the talk is about machine intelligence sources. Uh, substitute teachers, tutors and assistants. Uh, I think they're making a point here. I just have to read all of the messages <laughs> to see the point. Uh, 813-239-9663. One email a dear writer said, uh, as far as the governor responding to his words leading to violence in Jacksonville, uh, this emailer says that a correct, a more correct response would have been for him to say, first of all, our hearts go out to the families in Jacksonville. He could have at least said that. But he's not enough of a leader. Uh, we are talking about the global situation. We're talking about global engagement, especially on the continent of Africa. And we're talking about how the global powers continuing to uh, wreak havoc in their policies and their one-upmanship with one another. Uh, I see that the President Joe Biden and Lajinja Modi and the G20 allies uh, unveiled a railing shipping project linking India to the Middle East. In Europe, uh, that should be quite a feat. Uh, the U.S. officials say that the corridor would help to boost trade, transport energy resources, and improve digital connectivity. It would include India, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Jordan, Israel, and the European Union. And this is the rail and shipping corridor would become one of the more ambitious counters to China's massive infrastructure program. So 
you know, this this competition that's going on is also reaching space. The idea that, you know, India made it to lunar South Pole, the South Pole of the Moon first, raised a lot of eyebrows among the, the global powers. Uh, and China wanted to be the first one to be there because a lot of people think that if China had beaten India to lunar South Pole, that they would have locked everybody else out. And no more information or nothing else could have been learned from anybody else going to Lunar South Pole. Uh, but a lot of what happened to the Earth and its formation and how we're going to deal with with global warming. I don't say climate change anymore. I say global warming because it's been really hot. They, in fact, people have been calling it global boiling which sounds even more apt to me. We're going to go back to the telephone lines, 813-239-9663. See what you have to say with Yasin Akil here in the studio with me. You're tuned to the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on the, you're on the air. Uh, yes, good morning. Uh, peace and power, uh, brother, to the work of your late father. Oh, thank uh, you, my sister. A very mild-loving community merchant. Uh, that sat right down the corner of Columbus and uh, what North Boulevard That's for correct. years. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, tr- moving trade and trying to, you know, educate our people. So, <laughs> excuse me, the question, here we are in every city, I'm talking about African people, a percentage of population of people, but yet we haven't been able to sustain that relationship with those on the continent to move their merchandise, you know, backwards and forth, so we can start building toward, you know, what you're talking about. So give us some suggestions because on the continent, people are able to be self-sustaining. I don't think there's any social services there, but you find a lot of people that is um, art makers, shoemakers, uh, designers tell us how we can start establishing those relationships because at the end of the day people have to be economically able to sustain and if we could start moving away and the ideas are toward doing business with with each other mm-hmm. i believe we can move thank you so much thank you for thank you for calling my sister connie Thank you, thank you, my sister Connie. I, I I really appreciate the the comments that you've mentioned of of my father. I was just mentioning uh, earlier um, to my dear brother uh, that um, the last time I was actually in the su- studio was uh, the day after uh, we buried uh, uh, my father, brother Hakeem. And so uh, you know, to be back, I think it's actually seven years. Um, oh wow! Oh, Almost to the day, yeah. Almost, almost, almost. So uh, it's a surreal moment. So thank you, my sister. And and the point that you bring uh, is something that is that is close to my heart. Um, in my years of going back and forth to Africa, I begin to realize that uh, what we can do that will improve our livelihood and improve our situation is to make that connection uh, with our brothers and sisters back on the motherland. They have it there. And we need it here. And what we have here, they need it there. And so I began to uh, create uh, some social uh, media uh, footprint. Uh, in, in my years of travel, I've never really wanted to, you know, go online and, and discuss, you know, what I'm doing. And, and, and just because I'm just, uh, you know, shy and, and, and somewhat uh, a reserved person. Um, but my wife's been pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. And so I've created a a few platforms that would uh, definitely address uh, your uh, question. Uh, So I'm going to just, if it's okay, if I just mention it. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So on on YouTube, uh, This Is Africa. Uh, If you type in This Is Africa, you'll see the channel. Uh, TikTok, uh, this, and it's Africa with a K. This is Africa with a K. Uh, TikTok is this is Africa. Uh, so it's this is and then Africa with a K, the number seven. Uh, Facebook, my name, Yasin J-I-Kill. That's Y-A-S-I-N-J-A-Q-I-L. And I have uh, tutorial uh, videos uh, that explains, uh, educate, and tell how we could uh, build relationships, uh, how we can start doing business. Um, the, the, the method 
uh, and doing and doing business because there's some things you have to be careful of uh, there in, in in Africa. And uh, through my years of of, of doing business in, in Africa, uh, there's been times where uh, uh, I had to learn the hard way. So I'm sharing that uh, on these uh, video. Uh, uh, social media. I'm sharing that information. Uh, and if anyone who is seriously would like to n- know how and, and go about trying to establish business in Africa, uh, please reach out, contact me. This is what I'm here for. This is my passion. Uh, and I would love to uh, bridge the gap between uh, African-Americans here in the diaspora and our brothers and sisters back in the motherland. Um, so to to start, to uh, what a person must do first. And I think one of the calls I mentioned that uh, is to do research. It's first, do research. Uh, after you, you, you're doing that research and, and connecting uh, mentally back to the motherland, then it's time to take that physical trip. Uh, we are planning a, a tour where we will take uh, uh, business men and women uh, those who just want to uh, see the country as a historical and, and cultural tour. We're taking people back. Uh, to Africa, uh, and so they could uh, participate in that and 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 catch it firsthand, smell the aroma, hear the the conversation, be in the traffic jams, uh, feel the adventure, uh, and so uh, that would be a good start uh, or a second step in the process of doing business in Africa, building those relationships and connections. And I have a network that I would love to share with our, our brothers and sisters here in the diaspora, uh, vetted people who are in the industries. Uh, who are uh, who won't cheat you and who love to uh, do business with uh, black Americans. They, they want us there. We need more of us there. Uh, there are uh, many, many uh, uh, African businessmen and women there who uh, will you know welcome us, uh, assist us and and give us and what the, 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 the resources that we need and establish these relationships to bring uh, products and services back. Uh, to uh, uh, to uh, America, and we as African Americans, we have so much we can offer. Look what we've done here in America, uh, and so just imagine if we make that connection back in Africa, how uh, Africa will benefit from our skills, our resources, our knowledge, our experience. Well, we talk about going there, but I know a lot of Africans come here and. One thing we could do is learn from those who come here. We could start building relationships with the African immigrant community here. Uh, but as far as going to the continent, uh, the idea that, you know, people, I think of the Liberian situation where we, we sort of take our own prejudices about Africa and Africans with us to the continent, uh, and a lot of people needs we we need an education before we go. Uh, sort of a an, uh, orientation, you know. Maybe learn some African languages, learn some some customs, uh, learn some history, and uh, so that we can you know be able to have some dialogue and and a basis for coming together. Uh, I think that would help give people prepared to do business on the continent as well as here. That's, that's, that's correct. Uh, you know, proper education, uh, because, uh, you know, what has been told of, of Africa is a major misconception. Um, and, you know, there are probably people right now to this day think that in Africa, people are living in mud huts and, 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 and surrounded by gorillas and, and lions and, 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 and no, it's not like that at all. Um, you would be shocked. You'd be very shocked to see the wealth that's in Africa. Um, you'd be shocked to see, I mean, the homes, the homes that they're living in. Literally, you can pick up any one of them homes and bring them over here to America. And it'd be worth millions of dollars. Um, huge homes that the Africans are living in, especially when you get into the, the city and the corridors. Now, obviously, you do have some poverty. Um, and, 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 but even when the level of poverty is a little bit different in our mindset, because uh, if you go into a, a village, okay, they may not have some of the conveniences uh, of a washing machine, uh, a dryer, okay, but uh, 
they have everything they need is there. Water is there. Um, and if not, then, then, then that's a, an opportunity for us to build wells uh, uh, to help the people there. But uh, uh, the food is there. They're growing their food. It's not like they have to go to a supermarket and, uh, and, and, and pay for a food. They're growing their own food. The, the, the basic necessities of life is there in that village. And they live comfortably and in peace. They don't have to pay taxes. They don't have to all the expenses that we here in America are accustomed to. Um, and, and that is what connected uh, to me when I would, would go over there. I, I, as a matter of fact, I, I was just over there with my family living there for three years. And um, the expenses that are generated here in the United States sometimes can be uh, cumbersome, you know, overbearing. Well, every 30 days, you got to be paying this and paying that. And you can't, you can't, it's hard keep to function. Up. You can't <laughs> keep up. You know, but and that's uh, on purpose. <laughs> exactly. It, it, exactly. It's, it's, it's a dis, this distraction where you can't think because the only thing on your mind is thinking about this bill this and, and, and that bill. But right. the, the sense of freedom that you receive by living there. And there are a lot of people moving to Africa. Um, uh, in, in, the, in the city of Accra in Ghana, uh, they have uh, homes that they are building, mass homes that they are building at, at all levels of, 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 of someone's uh, pay grade or, uh, or income um, where they're, they're waiting and they, and they know that people are going to start migrating and, and moving into Africa because the Africans that are there, they're not necessarily going to be buying uh, 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 these homes in dollars. So who are they marketing to? They're marketing to uh, people that live abroad, that are moving there. You know, families, Indian families are moving there. Uh, uh, African-American families are, are moving there. Uh, and so, uh, yes, we have to expand, you know, and this whole globe is ours. Yeah, global it's, citizens. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it all belongs to us. All right, so the, the idea that you keeping people out is when you know you need engagement with the rest of the world is, you know, sort of a, it's a backward element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. 813-239-9663. Let's see what this caller has to say, Yasin. Go ahead, caller. Hi, my name is Donna, and uh, I'm calling about the issues, continued issues with these hospitals. Um, especially hospitals in California that serve a lot of people. Um, what is happening is the black nurses are being exited from these hospitals. They, they've created lists um, on nurses who happen to go or travel there from various states. And also hospitals within the state as well we find that what they're doing with the black nurses, they are removing us, um, putting us on this, defaming us. And um, hmm. what's you know, that about? Are- <clears throat> what? Why do you think they're doing that? Is it just simply racial discrimination? It's discrimination. It yeah. is discrimination. It's 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 what has has been happening. You know, um, in the U.S., what uh, Dr. King also fought for against. Um, it's it's their dirty little secret, you know. It's not only in California; it's all over the country. Mm-hmm. Is, you take is, a look at your community hospitals. Many of them, you notice there may may just be a handful of black nurses, but it's speckled with everybody else. And and I'm very concerned about this because you saw what happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know. Millions of patients, of our patients especially, died. Yeah. And I wanted just to bring this out because this has to stop. Mm. I feel if the, if, if the people know about this, um, we've got to uh, join forces. And uh, we have organizations that were created just to address this kind of issues. Um, and um, we, we need your support, sir. Uh, we need your the audience's support. Mm-hmm. What about unions, nurses' union? Well, that's the problem. Uh, we have contacted the EEOC, for example, uh, the Black Nurses Association. Uh, they're too timid. Mm-hmm. They're too timid. They don't want to address it. They're intimidated. 
yeah, this is this is this is cause for um, action. Yeah, we could have another pandemic in the future. You That's have right. a lot of nurses sitting on the sidelines, mm. uh, not working. Um, many of these nurses are living below the poverty line. Think about that. Yeah, but the government is pouring millions in the hospitals to recruit nurses. Right, but it's going these to the top. Nurses have no issue except the fact that they're black and they're probably over a certain age. Oh, mm-hmm. No, this is wrong. Yeah. Well, I certainly thank you for calling and uh, bringing that to our attention. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, the, the unjust treatment of nurses is a major injury to citizens. Uh, we need nurses like we need farmers, like we need teachers. And if that profession is uh, being threatened, being threatened by uh, unjust policies and, and, and racist ideas, uh, we as a whole, we all suffer from that. And so, ageist ideas, you know. The, correct. You seem to be going through that flurry of that right now. But you know, also the the thing that I, that springs to mind is that you know Africa often says they could use the continent could use medical practitioner out of the United States who are black, who are of African descent to come back and, and help out the villages there. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's an opportunity for organization there. 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. We got about nine more minutes to go. Yassine, we see we can take another telephone call. Go ahead. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, just, um, actually was calling about, um, uh, my interviews time. I don't know if you guys have for that. You schedule that. Is that every week? Yeah. Well, we try to have somebody to interview. Are you talking about an interview on the air, or are you looking for an interview to come and be a part of the station? Well, interview on the air, I for like, kind of like for engineer producer profile. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what would be the process for that? Um, Just um, call back tomorrow morning. Call back... Uh, Write this number down, 813 238 8001. 813 Thank you. 813-239-9663. We're talking to Yasin Akil. Uh, you can uh, also write us. 813-239-9663 is the number to call, but you can write dj at wmf.org. Uh, one emailer has written, would like for you to give your website. Website is uh, is Africa.com. And that's Africa with a K. Africa with a K. And there's a reason for that. with a C. There's a reason for that. The domain was already taken. Oh, okay. (laughs) But there's another reason for that. (laughs) No, we won't get into that. Some people write America with a K. K. Ah, that's true. That's true. That's true. 813-239-9663 is the number called. A lot going on in the world. We're trying to figure out ways to create interaction with Africa and Africans uh, outside of just the missionary and the military and the global powers that are there to extract industry. We're there to help build up industry for uh, the continent, for the motherland, as I like to call it, and also create greater opportunities for ourselves here in this land. Uh, There needs to be a re-Africanization. There needs to be reorganization. There needs to be a coming together uh, because to me that is the route to power, empowerment. You know, we talk about class issues. We talk about racial discrimination. And uh, we're all fighting these big battles alone. You know, these small little battles that, you know, you know, it's a lot easier when you have numbers, when you are in Correct. solidarity Correct. with others. So, and this is what the global powers know. This is why they, they continue to meet. In the G20, why they continuing to try to organize BRICS and expanding that, the BRICS nation. Uh, but 
also turning to old nemesis and old allies in a new world mm. to create greater power for themselves. So we're trying to talk about it. We're trying to give voice to it. We've got about six minutes left, and I want to hear from you uh, before we have to say goodbye to Yasin Akil, and hopefully you'll be back. Uh, I, it was an, it's an honor to be here. Uh, this was some very thought-provoking conversation. Uh, I'm enjoyed to be a, a part of it and 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 participate and and hear uh, the ideas and conversations from the uh, the listeners. It, it, was, it was very very good, and I would love to be back. and I'm honored to be here. I want to thank my 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 brother uh, Walter Smith again, and and also you, brother Mbili, yeah. for uh, uh, inviting me and allowing me to come in. And I really really appreciate it. Are there going to be any opportunities to meet you in the public por- uh, public forums you have coming up or? Sure, sure, and and I would definitely uh, make those announcements and uh, and uh, let uh, you all know and the community know exactly. Well, we're looking forward to that. You know, we always, you know, I, you know, just to get your thoughts about a Black Wall Street mm. here in Tampa. Wow, just the 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 name, the Black Wall Street. And and the historical uh, 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 facts that go behind the the Black Wall Street. It wasn't it's it was an actual place, the Black Wall Street, where uh, and African Americans flourished, you know, economically, and that was during the time of uh, segregation. And so, if we can bring back a Black Wall Street, and I think the key in bringing that back is our relationship with Africa, uh, can we can really, really uh, help uh, uh, the 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 economic fortitude for you know uh, African Americans. Uh, so yes, a, a Black Wall Street will be the 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 goal. And to get to that goal, we need products and services, and we need to, to trade with our brothers and sisters back mm-hmm. to Africa. And we should also teach. Uh, economic, uh, financial literacy to the youth as well and get them prepared Correct <laughs> for the brave new world. Correct, correct, correct. Because if, if you're not properly educated, then you will be a, uh, a, a servant of someone who is properly educated. <laughs> okay. Well, one more question before I let you go. The idea of a United Africa, United States mm. of Africa, your thoughts is that yes, realistic it's, or not? It's it's it's, it's definitely uh, uh, possible now uh, as we see the change that's happening uh, in Africa now. Uh, you know, the imperialists came together and they they formed the uh, the, the Berlin Conference yeah. and they eighteen eighty five exactly. Thank you, my brother, and and divided up Africa, and so uh, you know Africa was a, a place of kingdoms. And 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 it went way beyond the the borders that the imperialists had established. So uh, Africa coming together as a united uh, state or united countries of Africa would be tremendous and very beneficial, very beneficial for Africa. You know, a borderless Africa where trade and commerce can can move about would be uh, a, a tremendous benefit to the people of that country of of that continent. All right. Well, uh, the idea of the diaspora uh, creating the uh, educational schools, the freedom schools. We know that the the um, <laughs> historically black colleges were essentially freedom schools. Mm. And we've seen indoctrination take place based on uh, racial hatred, racial, racial discrimination and the, a throwback to the uh, not the ability of not teaching black people. You know, there was a time when it was illegal to teach us. Right. I'm looking at college basketball yesterday, and I'm always, uh, always enjoy watching the historical narratives that they they play on the colleges, the, about the colleges. And I was listening to Shaw University. I started as a Bible college, and they they wanted to burn the place down. Mm. They came to lynch the white. Uh, a professor who who taught uh, who who founded the college. So and we see evidence of this violence again today. The, you know the same clan that always threatened violence for political purposes. We see it here 
today, especially in the state of Florida with what happened in Jacksonville. Those are just thoughts I wanted to throw out there. We're out of time now, so there's no time to really respond to what I just said. I apologize for that, but, you know, those are conversations that we're going to continue to have, especially here in Florida. But Yassine, Akil, I want to thank you. Thank you. This is, thank you've you. made this an interesting program this morning. Thank you, my brother. And, um, Thank you for your telephone calls. Thank you for your emails. You have uh, made this thought-provoking. So we're going to try to have more of these type of conversations. You know, Walter enjoys talking about Africa and doing business in Africa. We're going to probably be revisiting this tomorrow uh, again in the future. So look for that telephone call. <laughs> yeah, see, and especially when you have to tell us uh, more about your your future plans here. Thank you. I welcome and I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, WML family. Thank you. And we will be having our fun drive coming next month. But in the meantime, we're going to be before that. We're going to be uh, we're going to be celebrating a birthday. This radio station will be turning forty four wow. this month. So wow. keep it tuned for information about parties so and concerts. So keep it tuned. You're tuned to. WMF Radio 88.5 here in Tampa. And up next, of course, is the postmodern hoot nanny. Ed Lehman is back and he's going to bring the music. So keep it tuned. Keep it tuned here all day. Great programming coming your way. This is WMNF Tampa. Tampa. Up next is headlines from National Public Radio News.